Okay, starting new random. Shiva on the parsha. Back to Noach. Starting from Noach. Now start over a word from Emre Schaefer from Shlomo Kliger, where he actually says a word. It's about the marble, which is this week, but it's uh, going on seeking from last week. So the parsha, the pusik says, "Vayiri b'nai wadahim v'goymer v'ikchilam nushim kol shabachuri v'yemer Hashem layud nerechi v'udam loylam shagam ibuser." And then later, the pusik goes on to say, "V'yar Hashem ki rabbi ruas udam be'urats v'chol yaitz machshus li b'rak rakal ayoyim." And that's when the Ibrahim said, Emcha is a Udam Ashabrusi. So he explains what, what, what happened over here. Um, it looks like first the Ibrahim is sort of doing certain Avairas, then different Avairas. He explains that the difference is, and Rashi talks about this as well, uh, really, just, it, he's just explaining it better, more elaborate, that there's a difference between Avairas ben Udam Lachavairim and Udam Lamukim. So when somebody's doing an Avairah ben Udam Lamukim, so it's not it's not um, that the should get a with this person. I'm gonna punish you for doing something that you did against me. No, you were pointing on my COVID. That's that's not enough. You know, it's a Why? You're doing a virus gonna away, Things are gonna happen on their own later. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one to, to punish you. When it comes to Avayrus Nun where it's not Negaya, the COVID from the Eibishter, that's where the Eibishter is himself, Noikim Nikma Saudam, interestingly. You know, to, to some degree, you know, the way Rashi explains it, it seems like to a certain degree when it comes to Nun Lachavayra, it's, it's more, it's more Chomer. But he's saying it's just, it's just a different approach how the Eibishter punishes when it comes to these things. He says over here also, when they were first doing Avayrus Ba'aroyas, Ba'nudun Lamokim, Ba'yikhan Nushim Kalashi Bahuri. That's what I've said. You know, I've, I've, I've patience. I'm not going to do this on my own. Shagami buser, and uh, yeah, they're going to do a virus in Lamukim. When it came, but to vayarshim kerabaruos udem beurats, and it's not only kvachemaim anymore. Now already people are fighting between themselves beurats. That's already gezel and chumas and things like that. That's what I've just said. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And that's where he says, Now it's already coming to me. When, when people are starting to fight between themselves, that's where I can't tolerate it to some degree. That's where I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick up and, and make sure something's happening. And we mentioned this uh, thought, sometimes when it comes to relationships, it comes to husband and wife, it comes to people at home. We don't see it sometimes as something very chomer, you know, okay, so we're fighting around. Isn't it normal? Don't, don't all couples fight? But you hear that very often. Um, don't, don't all couples have issues not getting along? I mean, it's normal. Uh, maybe it's normal. It depends what the definition of normal is. Normal doesn't mean good or appreciated, or normal doesn't mean that it's like uh, a But yeah, it happens. It does happen, I must say. But at the same time, there is a certain appreciation that we get from the parsha and from the story of the Mabul and from similar thoughts in Chazal that, yeah, there's something about that's so important to the Ibishna. As a matter of fact, we even see Chazal say, Right, So there's something definitely that the Eibushter puts the Menudim Lachavayrei and the Shulam Menudim Lachavayrei before his own COVID and before his own condition, before his own, you know, before the virus that a person is doing Menudim Lachavayrei. So that's something that could always give a certain amount of importance, a certain amount of... Sometimes it's just easier to take your spouse seriously when you realize that you're serving Hashem and you're doing something that's important. It's not, it's not because the other person is deserving, it's not because somebody told you you have to, it's not because if you don't, somebody will be upset at you, it's because it's the right thing to do, and it's a very important thing to do, and it's, and it's a lot more important sometimes than other things that we, that we take very seriously. So I think that's just something that we could all, we could all learn from, you know, how the Irish to address the issue of the marble, uh, specifically when people started not getting along between themselves. So I want to read a question, 
And it's actually two questions um, that are so similar, and it's funny to see how one's coming from a husband and one from a wife. Actually, it's not funny at all, because almost always I could change the stories. When people tell me to change details, um, sometimes I do it on my own. And one of the things I change often, by the way, for those who are interested, is the husband-wife thing. You know, instead of saying my husband does this, my husband does this, my, you know, when I'm reading the question, I say my wife does that. And you know, it's all the same. I can say that almost any example, almost any question, almost any problem people are, are giving, it's not the husband-wife issue as much as people tend to think it is. So that's, that would definitely bust a certain myth of where men and women come from. So let me just, let me just read two, two questions. And sometimes I try to put them together when they're really similar. So it goes like this. I have two young children. Okay, both under five, let's call it. I try, to, I try to be calm when dealing with them, and for the most part, I'm successful. Once in a while, I lose it for a second and either raise my voice or gasp like when something spills or breaks. My husband can't handle it, and whenever he hears me raise my voice, he gets very upset and he can go into bed for an hour in a bad mood. I try to explain to him that he can't do that and it affects the mood of the whole house and that if I don't get the compliment or the good word for 98% of the time that I'm in control of myself, I should not be blamed or put down for the 2% of the time that I lose it. Baruch Hashem, it's not like... My screaming affects the home nearly as much as his sulking in bed does. What's the way to go? Okay, so again, I'm only I'm only I'm repeating the question. I only have the, the details that I have. So let me just read another one, and then I'll try to explain what the question really is that I'm trying to address. Okay, hi, Rabbi Gruen. You mentioned in the share this week. Okay, when I say this week in a question, it could be a while back. Uh, about healthy relationships, That's a ma- it's, it, all that matters is how you say something. There are a few things that bother me about my relationship. Whenever I'm not feeling well, which happens like once a year, or on a fast day, when I'm fasting, and my wife is not fasting, my wife can't handle it and keeps on giving me things to do or attitude on how I should feel, or attitude about how I feel. Instead of saying just relax and go to sleep in a nice way, um, she's saying it in a nervous tone of voice, go to sleep, or arguing with me if I'm not really feeling well. So I ask her, you can't handle it when I'm not feeling well, and she gets all insulted. When she's not feeling well and stressed out, which is every single day, and maybe I could be better in how to react to her, but I'm trying and it's really hard when you hear someone fetching a whole day. Okay, there might be some typo over here, but yeah, he's saying that when he doesn't feel well infrequently and she can handle it, and then she feels she doesn't feel well almost all the time, and yeah, it's hard to handle, but anyway, some other things, she gets nervous very fast, yells at the kids, and similar things. Another thing to add is that I'm a good husband and father, I help a lot, and she does appreciate it, but whenever I can't do something, she gets very nervous that she will have to do it. Whenever I can't do something, that's, ru- that's routine. Also, whenever, it's not, whenever something's not, supposed to, not the way it's supposed to be, I automatically get blamed. We keep on discussing that we need to get better on it, and we need to respect whatever someone is saying, no matter what it is, but it's not moving. I would appreciate if you can answer me something short in an email, or talk about it in the English share. Please let me know when you address this. Okay, thank you very much. So the question that I want to address, which is pretty simple, I just want to zoom in on the question, is what do I do if my spouse has very little tolerance for me? I think I'm behaving normally, right? This woman claims that only 2% of the time she gives a gasp or screams, which is quite normal, I think, or maybe even better than that. And he's saying that only when he's fasting, he's not feeling well. And my spouse can't tolerate normal things that I do. The tolerance level is so little, what do I do? And these are good examples, and the reason why, that's why I'm, I'm trying to explain the question. If somebody is taka only giving a gasp when something breaks, and nothing more, then that's within bounds, so somebody should be able to tolerate that. Or if somebody's not feeling well when they're fasting, that's, that's normal, it's within bounds, we only fast a few times a year, hopefully, right? So that's something that should be tolerated. 
And the reason why I'm being so specific about this is because sometimes people make the mistake of assuming that their behavior is within bounds and it's not. And that's why I want to be very clear about the question. And this is also something to, very, very important to point out and to learn from. There are people who, when they get criticized for something, and you're talking about someone who's doing something wrong, right? Let, just give you an example. If it's true, what this writer is writing to me, that his wife is all the time nervous and all the time crutching and all the time screaming, which I don't know if it's true or not, but let's say it is true. And he will tell us something like, you know, I can't take the negativity. You keep on crutching, you keep on screaming. It's not normal. Sometimes a person answers back, you, you need a perfect spouse. I'm not perfect, I'm sorry. If you can't tolerate someone that's imperfect, then you have a problem. Well, see, this is the important key. Are you, are you, is what you're doing normal? Is your behavior normal? Now, I know normal is a relative term. I know that everyone thinks that they're normal. I never heard too many, I haven't heard too many people say, oh, I think something wrong with me, I must have personality disorder, I must be, it must be, my tolerance level is too low and I must be giving off a bad attitude. Most people don't see things like that. So people do generally think that they're being normal and when somebody can't tolerate what they're doing, they get upset. Like, why can't you handle me? It's just so important to remember that there are behaviors that are normal and there are behaviors that are not so normal. So if somebody is having a difficulty or pointing something out to you where you're doing something wrong, the first thing you want to think about, and maybe you run it by someone else who's a little more objective, is what I'm doing normal. Is it normal when you're fasting to come home after half a day at work or coil and lay down? Just to know that I'm, what I'm doing is normal, because what you may think is normal, and assuming is normal, then blaming someone else for not tolerating, might not be as normal as you think. So it's important to remember that, yes, the question is, what do I do when I am behaving in a normal way and somebody can't tolerate it? Now, as we discussed many times, and I think this is so important to point out, you know, first to the spouse, to the one who feels not, that they're not being tolerated well. I want you to tolerate me. Tolerance levels vary based on a lot of factors. Okay? Based on, it, it can depend on how much your spouse slept that night, or how much they ate, or how much time they had to breathe, or how much responsibility fell on them at that given time, as well as their personality and the temperament and, and how much they really could handle in the first place. So it's important to remember that some people could tolerate less than others. So to assume that you're going to make your spouse now tolerate everything that you would tolerate by pointing out, look, I'm tolerating, why can't you? Or tolerate anything that most normal people could tolerate, etc., might not work. That's all. You just have to remember that. I once heard in a speech somebody comparing um, tolerance levels to rubber bands. We're talking about children. Children are like rubber bands. You have the huge ones that you put around the rubber band ball, right, where they wrap big packages in for UPS, and those you can stretch very far, you probably can't even rip it because by the time you stretch it far enough, you can't even reach that far. You have those that are a little smaller that you just wrap some envelopes in, right? And you have the smaller and smaller, and you have little ones, and then you have the ones that go around the braces, okay? So the speaker was saying that every, ch every child has their tolerance level. You have those that can really tolerate a lot, and they're very resilient. And you have smaller ones, and smaller. And then you have the kids that are like little, little braces, um, rubber bands, that you pull a little too hard, and that's it, they can't handle that. So it's important to remember that it's not only children. Okay, it's not only children. It's with everyone. Some people can tolerate more, some people can tolerate less. Some people are just that sensitive to things that are uh, disturbing to them. Some people are that, and, and you know, you, you have this, this is already also considered a disorder when somebody can't handle little noises or somebody chewing. I'm not going to go into if, if, if it's real or not real, but there are people that get, that get bothered by that. Not a question. And then when it comes to relationships, there are people that can't handle when someone else is taking it too easy or someone else is doing something or or behaving in a way that now new responsibilities are falling on them. It's just how some people are. It doesn't mean that now you have to tolerate that and all of a sudden you not to do anything. It just means that you have to be open to understand that um, certain people definitely have lower tolerance than others. Now, 
even though I'm addressing the husband or wife who feels that someone else should be tolerating more, let's go to the other side for a minute. If you have a problem tolerating when someone else does something, and if you find yourself getting nervous when somebody else is doing something you don't like, or behaving in a way you don't like, or, or too tired, or too anything, it's important to remember that tolerance is at the very core and basis of healthy relationships. Part of a relationship means you're going to tolerate someone else. You're making room for someone else. Okay? It's not good when a person's alone. Most people, not everyone, most people can tolerate themselves pretty well. When it comes to someone else, that's where it's a different story. But the Torah tells us, it's not good when you're on your own. You need someone with you. And that means you're going to have to make place for someone. Okay? You have to make place for someone else in a relationship. And that's what a healthy relationship is about. And it's definitely something worth working on. So if you find yourself tolerating very little, and you could try to work on it just a little at a time, and expand your, your tolerance level and, and your, and your um, boundaries, how much you could take, you make more place for someone else, not in the way that it's controlling you, but in the way that you just make more room for someone to be themselves, and not do things the way you want, or say things the way you want. You don't know what you're doing to your relationship. You're doing the most you could do to your relationship to make it better. Some guy, I don't want to call him wacko, but... Unfortunately, not a Shemitah Mitzvah, not a not a not a Haimashid. So he's coming up with theories like scientists like to do, right? Professors and scientists like to come up with theories about how the Ibis's world is working without looking at the one who designed it and see what he has to say about it. So he came up with some kind of theory that the reason why sapiens um, came to dominate the world, that means human beings, came to dominate the world, is because they're the, they're the only animal that can incorporate flexibly in large numbers. Okay, sounds like a brilliant theory. The reason why people are dominating the world is because they're the only ones that work together in large numbers, as opposed to animals that eat each other up and they only think about themselves. So the, the minute you have human beings that are working together in companies, in environments, in communities, in, in nations, and things like that, so automatically they're going to be running the show. Okay, so that's a ridiculous theory for anyone who was impressed by it for a minute. Um, the Torah says, the Ibish gave a specific brocha to the Marishan. And even though he was just one man with a lot, a lot of animals, and Noyach later was also just one man or a few men in a type with a lot of animals, the human being will always be the one to dominate because the Ibish said so. Nothing more than that. But when I, when I heard his silly words, one thing that it did make me think was that, yeah, when people could work flexibly in larger numbers, which means when people could work together and tolerate each other and make room for each other, it's not a question that they'll be more successful. To a point where when you see successful people, you'll wonder maybe all there is is of their ability to flexibly work together. Now, unfortunately, human beings are not that flexible as we want, and if all there was was his theory, I think we do pretty, pretty poorly because most people are more self-absorbed than that. But the point is that, yes, when you could tolerate someone else, and when your spouse is tired or hungry, or not feeling well because he's fasting, and you say, you know what, it's not so easy for me, but let me give him the feeling that he needs to get. I'll be nice to him about it. Or when your wife is a little nervous, and you say, you know, I don't really like her attitude, the way she's doing it now, but, you know, everyone, everyone has their times when they lose themselves. I'll try to work on myself. I'll try to swallow. You're doing a lot to make this relationship and this home and this, and this life of yours uh, healthy. So that's just something that we have to talk about. Everyone, everyone on their own should try to work just a little bit on tolerating someone else's, whatever you want to call it, lack of perfection. Okay? But now going back to somebody who feels that somebody else should be tolerating him or her and is not. Um, so aside from understanding that, yeah, your spouse may have a difficulty with, with tolerance, uh, it's not a question that you want to be very clear about how you feel. In other words, instead of writing an email to me, which is a nice thing to do, and it may be helpful to hear my thoughts on this, and it may be helpful for a lot of other people to hear about it, um, what you might want to do is express yourself very clearly. Now, sometimes people think they're expressing themselves clearly, they don't realize that they're not. 
So let's explain what this means. Just a few small um, points. When you express to someone how you feel, right? You, you want to do something or say something, and you feel somebody's not tolerating you. I'll just give an example that somebody recently mentioned to me, okay? They were sitting at a simcha, and different people were getting up to speak. Obviously, I'm changing the example just a little bit. Um, different people were getting up to speak and to offer whatever pearls of wisdom they had. And this young man didn't feel comfortable getting up and just saying something without preparing well, or whatever it was. And when he came out of the simcha, his wife tells him, you know, why can't you be like everyone else? Just get up and say something. What's the big deal? You know, everyone else could do it. Why can't you? Now, did what, is what he did so out of bounds? I don't think so. I'm saying there are definitely people that are more reserved and, and like to think twice before they say something. And some people don't, and that's fine. Now, he started going into a debate of if it was the right thing to get up and say something, if it was necessary, if it wasn't, if too many people spoke already, if anyone was really interested in hearing what they say, etc., etc. And I told him, no, I think that's where you went wrong. Could I predict that your wife didn't buy that explanation and say, aha, now I get it. And of course, yes, that's the answer. His wife did not take that. She kept on going, but you could have anyway, but why not? Why are you being so stubborn? You know what he could have said, or what he should have said? What he could have or should have said was, um, I would... I would um, Appreciate if you could if you could make me feel. I would appreciate if you could respect me and make me feel accepted, even if I didn't do something the way you wanted. I would appreciate if you could make me feel good, even if you see that I'm not so comfortable speaking when other people are, and you're okay with that. That's all you should have said. Because then you're talking about how you feel. You're not going into any debate about how things should be. You're not comparing yourself or your acceptance of her to her acceptance of you. You're just being clear about how you, how you feel or how her comment is making you feel. You could be very clear about the fact that I'm sure you don't mean to hurt my feelings and I'm sure that you don't look down at me or blah, blah, blah. But I would appreciate if you don't say something that, that makes me feel this way because it's my issue and I, 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 want, I want to feel accepted and respected even if I don't get up and speak when others do. I can almost guarantee you, I told this guy, that when you would say it that way, your wife would, would think twice before saying something like that. Because she would know that even if she doesn't like what you did or even if she doesn't believe in what you did, but she'll know that you, know, you have a right to express yourself and how it's making you feel, this comment of hers. Now, in, in these cases, just quoting these two questioners, saying something like, I think we need to work on this. Now, in theory, it's beautiful, and it may be a lot more polite than saying, um, Mrs., I think you need to work on this, right? But then again, your message is not coming across clear. We need to work on a lot of things. But this comment or this thing didn't make me feel so good. So I would appreciate it if you could do it a little differently. That's very clear. It's not hurting anyone. You could then talk very vague about all the things we have to work on, which is beautiful. We could work on budgeting, we could work on everything. But if you have a specific message and you're not saying it and you're camouflaging it in some kind of we need to do something, when it's your wife that's swiping credit cards the whole day and then we should learn how to budget better, your point might not come across or somebody might at least be able to ignore it. Um, comparing, like I mentioned before, comparing or explaining that I think you should be more tolerant of me, I'm more tolerant of you, or why can't you do it like that person, and things like that, that doesn't need to work, in most cases. Because now someone has to be wrong. Just say how it makes you feel. And that's something that I think everyone um, could do. And, and another thing is, don't, don't blame. That's just another thing that I was seeing here. You know, what you're doing is worse than what I'm doing. Or by you're not tolerating me, you're causing a bigger problem. Don't go into any kind of debating, fighting, arguing over something like this. Be clear about how it's making you feel. It's a very important thing. So there's a lot to say about it, and we spoke about this many times, but I think that's just a point that I want to emphasize. Talk about how it makes you feel, and say what it would mean to you if somebody could please do things differently. Another very important thing is that for you yourself to learn from experience, as much as you could be right, as much as your behavior could be normal, as much as what you're doing should be tolerated and accepted more, and you can work on that, like I just said, sometimes just 
think. Could I do something different, which is always the right approach, right? What could I do? So one of the things you could do is you could express yourself, which is fine. Another thing you could do is learn from experience, because there might be things you could do differently that could help the situation, okay? Um, you might actually be able to improve in some areas. So even if what you're doing is relatively normal, you could be doing things a little better, which is fine. You don't have to be Mr. Perfect. But sometimes you'll notice that it's not just, well, I'm normal, so accept me the way I am. Maybe you could do something different, which is fine. It's fine to notice where you could improve without taking all the blame and, and making believe that you know, it's all your fault. Another thing you could do is maybe just avoid the situation sometimes. Even if, as an example, I mentioned this in the past and some people laugh at me when I say it. When I was a chus and I went to speak to the Chutzka Rebbe Zangzint in Yisro, and he wasn't yet a Rebbe, but he gave me a lot of his time. And one of the things he told me was, sometimes it's good if somebody has a place where to lay down. Not every time a colleague man has to lay down, he has to go home and tell his wife, hello, I'm going to sleep. Maybe she doesn't appreciate it, you're going to sleep in the middle of the day. Maybe she doesn't like it or whatever. Why does she have to know every time you go to sleep? So sometimes, sometimes people don't like hearing that. Why are you hiding from her? You're living a double life? Let's not get too nitty-gritty. The point is that sometimes it's not good when every time you want to do something, someone has to know about it. Every dollar you want to spend, you have to ask permission. Uh, could I please have a dollar? Could I have something to eat? Not always is it good when everything has to be run by someone. So if you're not feeling well, and you can be a little more creative and lay down an hour before you come home, you might just be avoiding certain things. At the end of the day, your wife is sitting with the kids and stressed out and has a difficulty tolerating when you go to sleep, even on a fast day. So there's nothing wrong with you, but just remember that from experience, you might realize where you could do things just a little differently. Um, that's another important point. Let's mention something else. Okay? As much as you don't like not being tolerated, you might not realize how often you are being tolerated. And this is sometimes what you hear in an argument. You don't tolerate me when I do this, when I do that. I don't tolerate you. You know what I'm tolerating? It doesn't matter anymore who's right or wrong. It's about perception. Your spouse may feel like they're already tolerating very much, even though in your eyes they may not be tolerating at all. So anytime you want to mention something about how you don't feel tolerated, it's always good to make sure that you're at least as much mentioning, or at the same time mentioning, um, all your appreciation for what someone else is tolerating, whether it's your schedule or whether it's different things you do, which is beautiful. And very often when you do compliment something like that, it just makes it easier. I do want to mention... I do want to mention something, another point, which really, uh, someone else's question made me think about it, uh, but, but I'll just mention it here as well. A lot of the difficulty people have tolerating is the element of surprise or transition, which means, I thought you are going to come home from coil and help me out, and you come home and you tell me you're going to bed. I wasn't expecting that. Or, we're in the middle of doing things together, and I was expecting things to just go on. All of a sudden you tell me, you're not feeling well, you're going to bed. It's the, it's the element of surprise or the quick transition that sometimes catches people off guard and, and they can't handle it. Very often, things that somebody can't handle, they would be able to handle better if there wasn't that element of surprise or, or quick change. And with that said, just an example that I keep on talking about here about the fast day, telling someone, you know, tomorrow's a fast day, I might not feel so well, so maybe I could help you today with something that I might not be able to do tomorrow, and if I could, I will. It makes it that much easier. Or when you're coming home from coil and you call home and say, I'm not really feeling so great, so maybe I'll lay down. Or, when you're in the middle of helping and say, you know what, I'm not feeling great, but I can still do what I'm doing now, but an hour or a half hour from now, I'd like to do X, Y, Z, that could also sometimes make it easier for someone. And that, that could be, that's an idea that you could apply to very many different examples where you see someone having a difficulty, and very often it's simply the, the oh, but I wasn't expecting that. And if you help someone expect it, and you make the change gradually or preempt it with whatever kind of preparation, that could be good. Let's just finish over one more thing. Okay, one more point. Don't let yourself be controlled in an unhealthy way, which I know is, is a relative term, uh, when somebody's not tolerating you. I know a young man who was 
coming home and making phone calls, and it was part of his job to make phone calls at night, to prepare for tomorrow, whatever it was. His wife couldn't handle when he's on the phone. I said, were you screaming on the phone? No. Were you under her feet on the phone? No, I was in a different room. So what's the problem? She likes when it's quiet in the house. Now, so what did he do? Um, he asked her um, what, what, what he should do about it, and she said, no, you, you can't talk at home on the phone. But he had to make phone calls after his job for, to prepare for the next day, different appointments, different things. So he was busy finding every few days a different shield where he could sit in the, as a snooshim to talk on the phone before coming home and not before 10 at night. Because then even when he finished his calls and would come home too early, she still liked it when there was nobody at home when she was on the phone. Now, he was feeding her problem. She was being very self-absorbed, not tolerating someone else, and he was letting it happen. And now, now he wants to turn it back. Now, it's so important to remember that if you're feeding unhealthy behavior and working your head off uh, when you're fasting or, or biting your lips when something's bothering you because somebody won't tolerate it, there's nothing wrong with that, and you're actually feeding a problem. I've seen this many times. Many people who are behaving in... So many ways that, yeah, I, I can't do this, I can't do that, because my wife, my spouse won't handle it, my husband, my wife. Of course they won't, because you already taught them not to. It's so important to be able to say, listen, I think I'm behaving in a normal way. It's hard for me to just not say anything or not express anything, which is also a boundary issue. This is mine, it's my home, it's my everything. It's my right to express myself. I would appreciate if you could be a little more tolerant. And say it in a nice way, and say how much it means to you. And then compliment when somebody does try to work on that. You know, that's, that should be something that could really get you very far in Irish yourself. So in Irish to help, like we started off, we should be taking this Benutin Lechavayder thing very seriously, and getting along together very nicely. And with Hashem's help, live together. Shalom and Shalom. And have a Shalom and Shalom.